Under the Helmet. You'll do your thing, all right? Don't be nervous, okay? The show that looks at long-term player value in fantasy football. It's the moment right here. We're going to have to decide what type of team we want to be. Building Dynasties each and every week. I don't even know your name. What's your name? Chad Parsons. I'm telling you, man, you're leading the league in hydration. I got a Dynasty team reaping rewards for the next decade. Find written and premium audio content at uthdynasty.com. Playing it safe in Dynasty means you're going to lose. Stop talking about it, man. Let's get this going right now. Welcome to Under the Helmet. I am Chad Parsons looking at some long-term player value in fantasy football. We've got some news as well as NFL draft talk and some pro day sleeper watch profiles here as we go through the month of March. We've got four or five weeks to go before the NFL draft. It's a long wait, but we're still watching Aaron Rodgers and a few other moving pieces, including possibly Austin Eckler on the move. Wanted to start with one that just occurred, uh, recording this on Tuesdays, Ronald Jones going to the Cowboys. And not that this is going to be a pro and uh, ultra supportive Ronald Jones podcast officially, but it's a name to remember, um, a name that had a profile, round two pedigree, and a high four-star or five-star recruit there back in college and heading towards the NFL draft. Last year was essentially a redshirt. He goes over to Kansas City, 18 carries for him on the season, buried on that depth chart. Got himself a Super Bowl ring. Uh, so, uh, but after moving on from Tampa Bay, I want to go over a few things though, because this Cowboys depth chart with what they've done, Ezekiel Elliott no longer there, a one year deal with Tony Pollard. They bring back Rico Dowdle, who I actually like as a, as a sneaky deep guy in terms of the NFL running back landscape. He comes back on a one year deal. And Malik Davis was a guy that I was discussing months ago as a stash into the offseason where we don't know what's going to happen with Zeke. We find out he's not going to be on the team anymore. Tony Pollard, a upcoming free agent. He is back, but a one-year deal. Malik Davis was one that we're still holding into rookie draft time to see how this depth chart develops. But everything has been a soft move so far, I would say. One-year deals and young players that really haven't played a ton, Malik Davis and Rico Dowdle, uh, as incumbents that have been with that team previously. They bring in Ronald Jones, and Ronald Jones actually has done well when you look at what he's done with the ball in his hands. Uh, He's over three yards after contact per attempt in his career, and pretty good yards per route run as well. So the pedigree sticks, and he's a sneaky, still just 26 years old for the upcoming 2020 three season. Now, being bullish on on Ronald Jones doesn't mean he's overly high. Uh, Just adjusting the UTH running back dynasty rankings, he comes in at 94, uh, and that's tier eight, which ventures uh, a wide range from the 70s all the way down to about 100 um, as things tear off late in the running back position. But Ronald Jones is one where you would say, right now, leader in the clubhouse in terms of a backup. Now, I do not think Dallas is done, but Ronald Jones is the type to just keep your eyes open. He was he would be one that I would definitely pick up if it's, you know, 25, 28-man rosters and waivers are open for non-rookies here in the, the springtime months. And this is where just paying attention and a, and a good reminder here is I've had two or three different leagues that have opened at various points since the Super Bowl and the rollover to the 2023 platform hosting for the site and for the for the Dynasty League that you need to remember when those things open up because scrolling through uh, the free agents there in your league, there could be a Ronald Jones type of just saying, 
I want to have control of this player f- to see how the next six, seven weeks go. And I think that's an important, uh, important thing where we always talk about uh, exhausting the IR spots in season, if that is exhausting the taxi squad spots, uh, where all you want is to have as much control over as many players as possible and allowed within the league settings. And Ronald Jones would be the type of saying he's officially interesting. He would be more, for example, I mean, he moved over uh, in the UTH rankings for me, Jordan Mason, someone that's buried there with the 49ers. I don't think a lot is going to be changing there to say that he's anything more than competing for running back three. Ronald Jones is competing for something far greater. Dearness Johnson, I moved him over, uh, Ronald Jones over Johnson because Dearness Johnson, a sneaky 27 years old, and he's had some moments there with the Browns, but Unless he goes back to the Browns, not really seeing a great opportunity for him. Kenyon Drake still floating out there at 29 years old. Uh, Snoop Connor didn't get a sniff of challenging Jamichael Hasty for the number two role in Jacksonville. Uh, Mike Boone already over the top there with, uh, with Houston in terms of trying to find that running back two role. Matt Breida, don't think there's a lot of upside for him at 28 years old. Uh, Marlon Mack floating out there. Mark Ingram at 33 years old. How old are we, by the way? Uh, still floating out there with, as Mark Ingram. There's just, uh, again, those are the types that are in the mid-90s, let's say, to the 105 to 110 range of the going deep in the running back ranking. So that's why I say Ronald Jones is interesting. And frankly, you know, you got a 12-team league. 90-ish running backs would be seven or eight per team. And we know with UTH, you're probably trying to roster more than that outside of FFPC and super shallow formats. And that transitions to Bijan Robinson. You know, one of the thoughts I've been having, it, it seems too easy. You do a mock draft and you put B. John Robinson there to Dallas at 27. And I certainly think Dallas is in play and, and I'm sure he's on their short list of what they expect uh, could be there as well as what aligns with what Dallas is looking for. But one of the problems here is I don't think he's going to make it. Uh, looking at some of these situations, we, we've heard in recent days, Eagles are poking around. Uh, they have pick 10, and I'm not necessarily it's pick 10. They also have pick 31. That could be a trade-up scenario. It could be trading back from 10. But uh, they are certainly in the position where they have a, a plenty of capital, that extra first-round pick that... Uh, you know, they, they quote unquote earned 31 and 10 uh, they got in a trade. So they could certainly view it as a bonus pick. Is that Jalen Carter? If he falls to 10 of just, we're going to take a big, massive swing at upside at talent, but 10 in that same vein, that same breath uh, dynasty wise. And for us skill position folks, B. John Robinson. Uh, so I, I think the Eagles are poking around the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I've seen some mocks with them and they sit at 19 firmly ahead of Dallas. And then one other I would mention is the chargers at 22. Um, they have not, they, they can't be happy with how this search for the running back to search for the power back search for the perfect pairing with Austin Eckler has worked out in recent years. They've spent Plenty of day three capital between Larry Roundtree was on the later side. Then you have earlier day three with Joshua Kelly. You also have Isaiah Spiller. Didn't see much from him as a rookie. And so that search and Austin Eckler now not happy, but says he wants to be back. You know, I didn't really mean it uh, that 
he he's basically uh, a one and done type of player at his age in terms of how we should view the allegiance with these teams. And they sit at 22. And you talk about the Chargers in general feel like a prime spot to add a playmaker. Is that a speed-based wide receiver like Jalen Hyatt? Uh, is that maybe someone super solid like Jordan Addison? Uh, you know, and and that could be a tight end certainly. However, and it might be tight end one or at minimum two off the board. But if Bijan Robinson is there, and you look at the teams ahead, I mean, could that be a Washington? I doubt it. You know, Steelers still have a, a rookie contract in Najee Harris with round one pedigree. I mentioned Tampa could be a spot. Uh, I actually uh, heard a good argument for the Patriots being a sneaky spot to say let's put let's put even if it's single digits, let's put a percentage shot that Bijan Robinson goes there at fourteen. Uh, so you have those teams leading up, and anything earlier than the early teens might be a bit early for. Bijan Robinson, but the Chargers just adding a playmaker. If they say no to tight end, uh, maybe they don't have the right wide receiver. Maybe they have their eye on one or two guys, and they happen to be gone. That Bijan Robinson is one of those playmakers. And when you look at teams looking in that direction, in round one, uh, Bijan Robinson could be the one where there might be a tight end, there might be a wide receiver they have their eye on, but uh, running back is one that they could certainly circle back to. So I think I think Dallas is looking less likely that Bijan Robinson just falls in their lap, a la C.D. Lamb a few years ago, where it's like everyone was surprised that C.D. Lamb was such a big uh, big name cachet in the in the NFL draft prospect field and he falls to Dallas that we could see another situation with Bijan Robinson just seems too fitting and 27 frankly in my opinion is too far for Bijan Robinson to fall and I think it aligns uh, again just just this Dallas slow playing the position getting rid of Zeke everything's on a short-term trajectory if they were to get the right running back and Bijan Robinson certainly is the right running back that they could get now on an insulated five-year contract control. And that would align perfectly with a little bit of transition. You mix in Tony Pollard this year. And then in 2024, you shed Pollard, uh, go cheap at running back two and beyond and move forward with Bijan Robinson as your absolute punishing workhorse. Want to mention some recent content over the past week over at utahdynasty.com. You can get access to all of this as a general manager plus subscriber. And the first thing, that which spent a greater part of two days, six new custom-built formats are in the UTH trade calculator for your Dynasty Leagues. And a lot of this, uh, the general macro uh, takeaway here is, and this is from feedback from super fans of the trade calculator, where once a year, once every other year, I ask information like, hey, here are the leagues that I'm thinking of deleting that seem archaic, can't believe anyone plays with these types of leagues. A lot of that is things like uh, excessive one quarterback leagues. Yes, they still are in there. Yes, they still exist. But having a lot of them like a one quarterback non-PPR 10-team league doesn't really seem applicable in 2023. If it was 1993, absolutely applicable. But these six new formats, what what's the theme here? The theme is looking more and more at at the formats that people play and, and having to make adjustments for the other 20-something formats that were in the trade calculator previously. And that is going more towards two tight end variety, whether that's 12-team, 14-team, even 16-team. Also looking at two tight end with premium scoring. Uh, that is a new addition for two or three, at least, of those formats. And again, just refining things. One thing, one that was an oversight, which FFPC is a major player in the Dynasty platform marketplace, is looking 
looking at the uh, Rotoviz TriFlex format, and that is a deeper lineup. You get the added super flex, but you also get an added flex position. So now that you have FFPC stock, which is one quarterback with the tight end premium, you also now get super flex, and now you have the TriFlex format. So all the major components there of the FFPC format. So in addition to that, and, and like I m- mentioned, when you sign up for a, a membership, you're going to get a free look and a free trial there at the UTH trade calculator. I also recorded a show over the last week. You can get access to that on this channel on what those new formats are, where we're going and where we have been and all the different uses as, as a preamble to the UTH trade calculator. And this is the perfect time over the next four or five weeks before the NFL draft, a bit of a static period of player value. You can really get the most out of going into the dynasty trading market as well as exploring player value in your league. Also did a two-part series uh, podcast with running back roundup. Uh, that is a critical and uh, and staple area of audio content at UTH. That is a weekly show in season where I look at all 32 running back depth charts. And after NFL free agency, a lot, not Ronald Jones, but many of the running back dominoes have fallen since the NFL free agency period. And so it's a perfect time to go through all 32 depth charts with some of the hot spots, cold spots, changes, and where we sit in the injury away landscape across the NFL. Also, you get feature shows, instant reactions with new landing spots. Players like Brandon Cooks get their own show, Devin Singletary, Damian Harris, just among them over the past week. And then finally, I wanted to give a shout out to David Dodds, uh, formerly a longstanding content producer over at Football Guys. And one of the, the pieces of content I always remember from him is what's called Eliminate the Suck. And it was basically talking about what not to do, critical players to avoid, uh, strategy points. But basically, like if you can increase the floor result of every pick and your overarching draft strategy. And this was mainly for redraft, but I I put that over into a dynasty startup concept and uh, something that I definitely think post NFL draft should be something that I scrub as well as on an annual basis. So eliminate the suck uh, homage to David Dodds and basically looking at every round of the draft and saying, what's the most critical mistake to avoid? That could be a player profile. It could be an overarching positional strategy point here for 2023, looking at at the marketplace of value and ADP, the market, plus where UTH has those players and profiles valued. That's all over at UTHDynasty.com over the past week. Looking at the pro days across the college and hopeful NFL landscape, and I've really slow played as opposed to two, three, four years ago. Instead of having a bunch of small schoolers or a bunch of guys that are possibilities and building out their entire profile and then waiting for basically a disappointing pro day uh, when they don't get the combine invite and they're pretty much off the map, you know, likelihood of getting drafted or even being a priority for agent rather low. I have started to slow play the process of having a few guys, you know, kind of listed on my, my subset, but not building out their full profile in the projection model for UTH until I confirm that at least the the, the uh, athletic testing checks out to keep them on the radar and there's various small school resources with rankings to to double check to see if they're on the map for the NFL pretty much at all. So I got three guys. I want to give a couple bullet points here coming out of the last week or two of the Pro Day circuit. One of them is Garrett Mogg, wide receiver out of North Dakota. Uh, really enjoyed uh, looking at his story uh, as he comes up the ranks here. And he's one that definitely popped off. Six 
4-4-206. And, you know, decent hands and arms. 4-5-0, which gets him on the map for sure at over 200 pounds. Uh, over a 40-inch vertical. 6-9-3 cone. So checking every single box. Doesn't have a bad uh, a bad workout drill among them. The production score, 49%. Not ideal there. But did, did score 18 touchdowns, over 2,000 yards in his career. And one of the big points is an early breakout. A couple of above market share seasons early on kind of leveled off uh, later on in his career but that good testing is going to keep him on the map Uh, so Garrett Mogg uh, I have him on the deeper uh, trajectory here maybe day three or priority free agent someone that should get a shot at least at a workout and a chance to make the team at the NFL level two tight ends also worth mentioning that have been added to the database is uh, EJ Jenkins, uh, Georgia Tech. He's a former uh, transfer over there to Georgia Tech. And one of the better profiles when you look at across the board with size, athleticism, and production, the three major categories. And he actually has, compared to uh, Zach Kuntz, for example, uh, is the other most well-rounded when you look at all those major categories. EJ Jenkins, six foot six, 245 pounds, ran a four, five, six, at his pro day workout and some production 18 career touchdowns over 18 yards per catch and what i also like is 95 percent of the time playing out wide so he has some true wide receiver like abilities pretty much did not play with his hand uh, in the ground uh, there uh, at the college level. A couple of seasons over um, age baseline from a market share perspective. So he's definitely one that's on the radar, which is already a great tight end class. And if you have two tight end formats, I mentioned that with UTH Trade Calculator, but if it's two PPR with deep rosters for the position or start two, the, you know, the tight end position is one that you really need to look at when you start looking at later picks. You can always circle back to situational plays at running back, but uh, taking those uh, profiles that are day three that have intrigue or they landed on a roster where they can win the number two job, these are valuable spots. And one of the bigger differences between stock formats and then the adjustment as a dynasty owner you need to make when you go over to two tight end, and especially two tight end with premium scoring, the diabolical uh, premiums at the position. So EJ Jenkins is one that's now on the map. And then one other former wide receiver here, Griffin Hebert out of Louisiana Tech. So he's another one that's popped up here in that Gerald Everett sort of mold, six foot two, 239 pounds. So a little subsize, but ran four, five, eight and uh, really good jumps across the board. Nearly 40 inch vertical sub seven second, three cone, a lot of the pillars and thresholds you want to clear as a tight end to be. And he has an 88% uh, athleticism score. EJ Jenkins, 87%. Both of them productive at the college level. Uh, Hebert is one where over 15 yards per catch. He was in the slot 88% of the time, just 3% out wide, but still plenty of time not being an inline option. And for fantasy, for dynasty, that's what we want. We want the pass catchers and uh, run blocking, pass protection. These things are secondary to Get them the ball in their hands with wide receiver-like ability after the catch ability, big play ability. And uh, Hebert is another one with a relatively early breakout, a couple seasons above uh, age-based market share. So uh, two intriguing tight ends there that have popped up in addition to Garrett Mogg at the wide receiver position. With the Carolina Panthers trading up to the 101 spot, Houston Texans sitting at 102, and the Colts at 104. It seems like the big four uh, with the quarterback position is relatively stable, but 
the team in the middle, sandwiched there, Arizona Cardinals. They have Kyler Murray uh, on a big contract. You expect them not to be interested in the quarterback position. They could have their choice of any non-quarterback player in this year's draft. But thinking about trade-up teams and trading up landscape, because I think it's a really interesting scenario with the, with the Seahawks and the Lions there at 5-6 and six, that they could be looking at future down-the-line options. And frankly, guys like Anthony Richardson and Will Levis are more future cast uh, options than we think they're going to be great in week three of this season. That, uh, so again, the, the Cardinals are really that linchpin spot for potential trade-ups. Now, the landscape has changed from a few months ago to now because teams like, say, the Falcons doesn't seem like they're overly interested. They gave decent money to Taylor Heineke, Desmond Ritter, um, that they want to give him a shot to A, win the job, and B, uh, you know, do something with it in year two with Kyle Pitts coming back, Drake London entering year two, um, and potentially adding to the position uh, and adding to the, the passing game around Desmond Ritter. And they sit at eight, so that would require a trade up. They don't have any additional capital in the first two or three rounds of this year draft. So it seems like Falcons are trending towards, nah, we'll pass. Raiders doesn't seem like they're on track. You know, they're from 107 to trade up as well. They have a multi-year allegiance when you look at the contract for Jimmy Garoppolo. Could that be a bridge like uh, Geno Smith, like uh, Jared Jared Goff? Possibly, but it just seems like the Raiders are more in build around uh, zone there as opposed to, uh, oh, well, we're going we're gonna to trade up to three and we're going to get our future quarterback that is probably going to be this year as well. Seems like a stretch. But the three teams, I think, from the teens that we need to keep in mind uh, for these trade-ups, Tennessee Titans, uh, you know, the contract situation, the career arc uh, position of Ryan Tannehill, I think it's a, a pretty good need in terms of out of 10, I think it's an, a seven or an eight on my uh, landing spot matrix that is over at UTH Dynasty as well. And so the Titans from 11, that's not too far to travel uh, if they were to give up probably their second round pick, probably a future first, uh, but is within play if they like QB3 and especially, you know, if they have just one guy of that foursome that they do not like of the top quarterbacks this year. Uh, Washington, now they brought in Jacoby Brissett. It's not a long-term consideration, but uh, you know Sam Howell. Did we really think he was going to go unscathed? They sit at 16. That's a good a good amount of distance to travel in the draft order. But they're another one I think with a strong need sitting in the mid-teens that is not too far away. And depending on Arizona, you know, get it going to 16, a future first, and then maybe something else. Uh, Arizona might pull the trigger there. And then finally, Tampa Bay. They bring in Baker Mayfield, but that's a one-year kick-the-tires scenario. Kyle Trask, I have not seen it. I would be shocked if he were a week one starter at any point in his career, including this year, which you would think would be his best chance of all of them. And again, they sit with 19, 51, 83. They have some capital. It would take a future first as well in the post-Tom Brady era. And talking about quarterbacks, it's always a good reminder in Dynasty about protecting those profiles where we talk about the backup quarterbacks or the ones that aren't currently starters that you want to hang on to, you want to procure if they ever hit the waiver wire. I still remember when, you know, in a shallow two tight two quarterback format, you know, you get a look at someone like a Gardner Minshew, you get a look maybe for a moment in time for a cheap trade or uh, off the waiver wire, someone like a Marcus Mariota when they're just miring on a bench somewhere, or if it's an Andy Dalton, or if it's a Jacoby Brissett. But we see so many times 
players like that that have former starting experience and they end up going for cheap just because teams get tired of them and they look at all backup quarterbacks the same if they're not an, uh, a rising or promising rookie that's still being blocked by a veteran. And, and so I think in Superflex, we always need to keep our eyes open where maybe you're trading a quarterback away. Maybe you know there's a profile that you're trading away. You're not trading uh, for a giant upgrade. But as part of the deal, maybe you ask for one of those, uh, those types of profiles coming back to you in a bigger two for two, three for three type trade. Uh, as an important point, because some examples like this, where you might say they are left for dead, just going through, uh, I have a, a quarterback injury away matrix. Look at Mike White, you know, a guy that saw starter time there with the Jets, and he finds opportunity with a pretty significant quote unquote backup contract there going to Miami behind Tua Tagovailoa. That's the place you want to be. Ask Teddy Bridgewater, ask uh, Skylar Thompson, that it's a high risk scenario with Tua Tagovailoa, and Mike White is now in that bird dog seat. Uh, so being the injury away and having a profile that I can hang with this job is highly valuable in uh, Superflex because once they get the job, you have liquidity to either start them or trade them, uh, maybe uptick them. Like I remember I made a trade where it was Mac Jones and uh, someone else, I think it was Cooper Rush and something else for Dak Prescott. When Prescott went down, he was going to be out for a month and a half or whatever it was, that you can find opportunities where you can get uh, durable profiles that are injured at the time, but just by having starting options that another team may need. Taylor Heineke is another example. He goes to Atlanta. That's a pretty unsettled situation. We can see Heineke with a bunch of starts this coming year, and he has significant starting time in his career. Marcus Mariota, we saw him start last year for Atlanta. He goes to the former Gardner Minshew spot as the backup to Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia. Perfect spot, mobile quarterback in a mobile system. And if Jalen Hurts were to miss time, insert Marcus Mariota with a real chance to survive and thrive. Andy Dalton, he could see starts as well. Going over to Carolina, paired with a rookie. Let's see how that develops. And over Matt Corral, Andy Dalton is the type that's going to see more starting opportunities in the NFL. Jacoby Brissett, same thing. Uh, got ushered out when it was Deshaun Watson back in, in action. Brissett is moved out of Cleveland and over to Washington. Sam Howell is by no means a, a, a stable option as the QB1, even if that's the plan going into the summer and into training camp. So Jacoby Brissett is in line to see more starting opportunities. Gardner Minshew, he goes over to the Colts. That's another pairing with a likely rookie in round one. Gardner Minshew is a sneaky bet to see more starts. Uh, we also have Jared Stidham, a notable addition by Denver. If Russell Wilson continues down the same trajectory, you could see Jared Stidham paired with Sean Payton in that system with good weapons and a chance, as we saw Stidham with a good game uh, with the Raiders a year ago and a profile where the Patriots were hanging on to him uh, over the years as well as that developmental next option. Baker Mayfield, he goes to Tampa Bay with that 101 former pedigree, chance to start there outside of a big move in the draft for the Buccaneers. So as I said, the lesson is take that pedigree to heart who has played to at least a requisite level at the NFL uh, with starts, with starts and, and with a profile, if that's a round one pedigree, or if that's someone like a Mike White or otherwise that have shown that they can hang with uh, a few starts and keep the, the, the boat afloat. Uh, and I just outlined about uh, 10 guys across the NFL that are now seeing more opportunities the NFL recycles those names as opposed to exits them out compared to those like a Drew Locke.
stock or uh, you know we're still waiting on options that have not really developed much at all you know the Jacob Eason's of the world the Matt Corral's of the world um, you know the Anthony Brown you know that just they have not shown enough to say that we are here and we can survive and thrive for a number of years across QB2 roles maybe a smattering of starts and uh, again uh, play play the game right so that they can uh, have more opportunities for years down the line, which is a valuable commodity when you're in formats of 28 plus roster spots and super flex, and you can roster five, six, seven quarterbacks. These are the types of subsets that you want to include in those QB three plus spots on your team. A way to support this show is by signing up as a new UTH patron over there at patreon.com slash UTH. You're going to get custom content on a weekly basis, exclusive and action-oriented content. These, these include profiles. As I mentioned, you're going to get uh, player comps. In the past week, I have discussed uh, Sean Tucker's pro day about how he didn't work out, how to assess his video that was posted online for his profile. And then also it, it goes into a macro view of rookie draft strategy, where we're trending with positional value for 2023. Also, uh, you get looks at things that are included in the rookie draft guide uh, content, like again, the, the comparison, comparable prospect matrix for these rookies, but also how about the Superflex decision making guide uh, matrix for rookie drafts? It looks at profiles, it looks at positional value, and saying, you know, within the top three or the top six or top 12 of a dynasty rookie draft, are we getting good equity? How is it trending for 2023 compared to previous years? And updating that uh, over the past week, uh, that was a piece of content that came over, come, came out on Patreon, uh, where I looked at 2023 specifically. And uh, again, looking at hot spots, cold spots in that super flex format when you put the rookies into the matrix post uh, NFL free agency and then how things are trending with their requisite profiles and draft position. Also wanted to mention you sign up in the all pro tier, you're going to get uh, things like the, the rookie draft guide, you're going to get uh, that content uh, pre pre NFL draft and post NFL draft. Uh, one of my calling cards is I basically don't even move on to my own leagues, which are starting to draft after the NFL draft until that weekend, that Saturday of day three, the Sunday, it's completely in the data cave uh, that I am going to be doing the draft guide, uh, looking at market tendencies, uh, refining target players, refining the UTH big board, everything that needs to be done so that you have the tools in your hands. And that that draft guide, you're going to get a copy uh, free and included. So it's not going to be for sale this year. The only way you're going to get a copy is signing up as an all pro or higher uh, Patreon over there. And again, it's basically giving it away. Uh, I want to give it away to the super fans that have been uh, a part of the process through the NFL draft time where you're going to get all the backstory and not just get a big board, not just get, you know, the, the decision-making matrix and, and entire comparable prospect matrix. You're going to get uh, all the, the, the lead up to how these final decisions cultivate and are curated throughout this three or four month process. And so I think that's the real value as well as getting to at least for one month, you're, you're going to get in there for how long you sign up, you're going to be able to go in and be a part 
of the VIP chat over there at GroupMe. Uh, it's a few dozen of the greatest uh, and highly successful, passionate dynasty owners on the planet. I'm in there answering questions. That's always the first place I go uh, when I have uh, a few minutes throughout each day. Uh, pop in, answer some questions, see some feedback with startup drafts, with dynasty trading. And there's always a discussion on team building and players and, and how to build teams, how to construct and counter, tra- counter offer in the dynasty trading market. So that is another feature of signing up at patreon.com slash U-T-H. All right, that's going to do it this week. New content coming up. I also have a guest appearance that I will put out on Twitter. So that's why this show is coming out on the early side. So I have a, a guest spot, uh, which is always fun. Uh, maybe do a little uh, uh, co-host takeover. Uh, but we're going to be talking about the NFL draft and prospects. So right up my alley for Dynasty Analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at Chad Parsons NFL. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, never settle, refuse to be average, and keep building those dynasties.